Oh my stinking goodness. I'm back a little more nasally post-COVID and needing a lot more breaths. Let's roll that intro so I can take a deep breath and uh, let's talk about, I don't know, some trauma responses. Oh hey, fancy seeing you here. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Naomi, your host, and this is Mindful Movement. We talk about psychology, fitness, nutrition, and how all of those things are kind of the same thing, but not at all, or rather how they're connected. So let's get to it. Oh, hello. Today I thought we would talk about the four trauma responses. My voice is a lot a bit off. I need to pause to take big old breaths quite often, so please bear with me. Hopefully the magic of editing will really, you know, just clean the whole thing up. So we respond to trauma in one of four ways. Most people are very familiar with fight or flight, or we'll talk about, ah, are you a fight type or a flight type? These two responses are normally cited or referred to when somebody is in any form of conflict. They say, oh, do you fight or flight? As in, do you run away from the problem or do you sort of run towards it? What we're talking about today is a little bit more complex. We're talking about CPTSD or PTSD and trauma responses. And you can see these responses on a smaller scale within yourself with how you sort of deal with a stressful situation. These four types of responses are fawn, freeze, fight, and flight. It's really important to note that these are nervous system responses and that because you're one of them doesn't mean that you're not also some of the other ones, if not to a certain degree, all of these responses to varying degrees. For example, you can be a fawn type most often and first, but you can also freeze a bit. We can look towards our parents to maybe see how they respond to conflict or a stressful situation or on a deeper level how they've responded to a deep traumatic experience or PTSD. I want to preface all this with saying I am not yet licensed or a professional in this area. I am just very well read on the subject and hoping to share with all of you. If you have any sort of qualm with what I'm saying, argument, or something to add, I would love that. Please reach out to me and let me know. I think that it'd be a very interesting conversation. But let's dive in. So the first nervous system response we're going to talk about today is the fawn response. You might be somebody who is a fawner if you like to people please you're highly agreeable in the face of conflict maybe you have a little bit of discomfort around the words mean or angry you tend towards perfectionistic habits and you really are protective of yourself through some sort of positive act in a way The fawn response is a protective way of showing up to conflict or stress or trauma 
by becoming helpful at the expense of your own needs in order to diffuse threatening situations. This can look a lot of different ways, but it's very often seen as somebody being kind or respectful of others' needs. But what we're missing in this response is that that person also has needs and that they are dismissing those needs for those of the other or the situation at hand. I would call this a very socially rewarding trauma response. It can be sort of nice when you're responding to a traumatic experience and other people are like, wow, so big of you to be concerned for other people. But what we're missing here is our own sort of self-care and self-awareness. And we sort of want to be seen as perfect or kind or ideal in this sort of angelic way that's really dismissive of the human experience in a way so if you are a fawn type or you tend to fawn at times which all of us probably have some degree of this it's very important to note or try to see where you might be overlooking your own needs in your response to trauma i say this with the warning as to not do it in the middle of trauma or conflict or stress and to hopefully move to a place one day where you can examine your trauma response. And if it is the fond response, to sort of see how am I placing this other person's needs before my own? And is it at my own expense? And trying to be as objective as possible, which can be very difficult. These people are often people pleasers. They often have poor self-care and they don't realize it. And they might say things like, I'm always helping XYZ and they're never helping me. If this is you and you are a fond person, I respect you, I see you, and I find kinship in you. There is, however, some balance to be found. Now let's move on to the freeze response. So the nervous system's freeze response might look a lot like that person doing nothing or maybe false listening this your bowels can completely like stop working aka you become constipated does that sound familiar to anybody that's your nervous system saying halt freeze you can be dismissive or numbing of yourself or others and you really just sort of shut down there's a lack of focus and a big zoning out. It can look like ADD, but that's not really what's going on. What's going on is I'm freezing. I don't want to look at the problem, so I'm just not going to look at anything at all. This can be very protective, of course. The freeze response includes conserving energy by means of shutting down or disengaging when there's a threat registered by the brain. So if there's something threatening or trauma happening, if you're a freeze person and your response is to freeze, you will do just that. You will be scatterbrained all over the place, not want to look at it, not think about it. Maybe you'll get constipated. Maybe you'll feel numb. Maybe you're unaware at all that you feel any of these things. Maybe you describe it as just going black. Um, This can happen with any form of PTSD, the just going black that's going into your hindbrain. But the important thing to note here, if you are a freeze person, is that 
one acknowledging that you freeze when things get difficult or hard or traumatic and to sort of bring awareness around that just like the font type i said to bring awareness around it if you are unsure if you're a freeze person people you might notice that people tell you are you even paying attention um you feel very disconnected or numb that might be you freezing in the face of of stress or a difficult time this is not to be confused with avoidance which is an attachment style now we're going to cover the last two flight and fight the nervous system's fight response is obviously control seeking it is combative it's full of anger it's very extroverted Um, You might come across as strong and commanding. You might have or use attacking language. You might be very combative. You might um, badger people verbally in order to have some sort of um, interaction and response. The fight response is very much there to sort of seek power and control when you're in an unsafe environment or situation it's to stop and say i'm in control i steer the ship everything's okay i'm gonna make myself feel okay i'm not gonna leave that up to you you or you it's my job and i'm gonna protect myself i'm gonna get power and i'm gonna control this situation fight is a very easy response to see because it's combative and it's very in your face when it's harder to see this is when you're in the face of trauma or something like cptsd this is a time when you need to look at yourself and say am i fighting others or am i fighting myself why am i doing that why do i seek uh, conflict and why am i so angry this specific response Full disclosure is very difficult for me to tap into because I lean so heavily towards a fawn response. I myself had to learn sort of what the fight response was and I actually, I can see that one might seek power in a clever way, so be aware of that. I think that my personal fight response looks a lot less combative and it's a little more clever but it does seek to control and find power maybe not through direct conflict but through covert conflict so if this is you be aware and i think that again one of the solutions or one of the best things you can do is to bring awareness around your own response and your own actions, your own emotions, your own feelings, and to look inward and just at first notice when you're doing these things, if you're doing these things at all. And once you begin to notice, then maybe after you learn to sit in it, you can sort of solution seek. But the very first baby step and the, the first place to start is what is my response? And then just notice in a very Buddhist way, just notice. The next nervous system response and the last we'll talk about today is flight. The flight response is the nervous system's way of fleeing the current emotion as to pursue safety, feel okay, and sort of escape the direct conflict trauma that's happening at that time. 
you might notice that you're super busy, you exercise a lot, you're fidgety, you become super, super productive. These are all ways to distract yourself and flee from the trauma or the conflict or the stress. These are ways in which your body is saying, don't look over there, look over here instead. And while flight might feel like you're running from the conflict with what you're actually seeking to in a modern world, it might look a lot like distraction, right? So so how is the distraction different from the freezing distraction? It might be hard to parse these responses apart. And in all reality, it might not make that big of a difference. But for sake of knowing thyself, I think that it's important to also look at other things that you're doing. Are you freezing or are you fleeing? Are you freezing and not doing anything and, and bouncing from, from thing to thing to, to and not being productive at all? Are you really leaning into one thing, being really busy and, and getting a lot done so you're super distracted? Are you over-exercising? Are you trying to escape the situation? Are you trying to escape your sort of reality in this way where you're oh, look how productive I've been. This also can be a very socially rewarding sort of response to trauma. And people who respond this way can get very far in life because they're sort of living in this trauma response on repeat. And they're very productive and they get a lot done. But as we learn and as we go through life, it's really important to remember that everything should exist in balance and in harmony. Now, since I'm a big solutions gal, I think, I mean, I provided the solution of, of knowing and experiencing um, and just trying to start there. But a lot of you will ask me like, okay, I did that. Now what? I highly encourage you to please do that first. Please pause, stop, and, and just notice your response to stress, be it big or small, and sort of see where you fall in this spectrum of freeze, fight, flight, and fawn. Maybe look at others around you, look at your friends, look at your family, look at those you choose to keep around you. Um, if it's a little too difficult to look at yourself, sometimes we can look at those around us and say, are there any pieces of me in there? Sometimes that's a tool that I find helpful, but be sure you're not uh, pushing onto others and accusing them of something. I do caution you of that. So I think that there exists a healthy space between freeze and flight and fawn and fight. And what I mean by that, I'm about to explain. So freeze is about uh, being, letting go, relaxation. That would be the healthy version of freeze. The flight the healthy version is like doing persistence and focus. There is an overspill in flight where you can be compulsive, obsessive, myopic, fixated, um, just hyperactive, right? That's like pulling into the red. And then on the freeze spectrum, it's dissociative, apathetic, you're, you just don't want to be there, right? So it's like, how do we find these healthier ways of freezing which is like being letting go and, and trying to relax and then this healthy way of of, of flight that's doing and, and being persistent and focusing it's it's in taking your response and trying to channel it in a healthier way which is one very difficult and two i caution you like just be aware of your own response and i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with your response you're able to respond however you respond and it's important to value that what i'm saying here is that there might be value in a way for you to leverage your response or there might not you know what i mean sometimes it's just important to notice 
and that's it. So on the other spectrums, we have a fawn and flight. So the healthy versions of fawn are listening, helping, following. The healthy versions of flight are talking, being helped, leading. Flight can be when it spills into the red, narcissistic, ex- like um, explosive. You can be monologuing and making stories up. On the unhealthy side of fawning, you can be codependent, you can be exploited, you can be um, falling too far into servitude instead of having healthy boundaries. There's healthy ways to leverage being a fawn type, right? This is, like we said, listening, helping. There's healthy ways of being a fight type. This is leveraging your ability to communicate. It's talking um, and, and allowing yourself to be helped and, and helping others and leading people. If you're a fight type, you're willing to get in there and say, no, this is how it should be. There's something very powerful in being a fight type because the world values social harmony so much that when you're a fight type, you might show up in people at first, especially when you're falling into the red and you're dealing with your own trauma and you're not in a good space and you're trying to be over controlling and over powerful and you're trying to control a situation this can be very just unfair and harsh on other people but when you scale that back and you pull it back into the green and out of the red you can really lead people to a clearer view of things as long as you're in a level-headed space and you're what you're saying there's there's a grain of truth there for fawning it might sound like you're giving up all of your power but I think that there's a big, big piece of you if you're a fawn type that sort of sees and wants to help and and is is leaning too far into social harmony, almost to a dangerous place, which can be sort of combative to self in a way. So by by fawning over others, you and helping others, it's really powerful to be able to leverage that and help yourself and fawn over yourself. And there's all of this sort of exists in a spectrum, I think. There's this really cool 4F trauma personality type continuum that you can look up if you want to look it up. It's like a, it's a really cool infographic. I can see if I can drop it in the show notes, but it kind of shows how the four types exist on this continuum and how they're sort of connected and how you can find and be aware of how you might be showing up to the world and how that might be your trauma response. As we so often learn with so many things in life, these things exist on spectrums or two-sided coins or in bell curves, however you want to describe it. But when you notice that you're a certain type, I highly encourage you to, whatever that is, like whatever parts of you, you, you really enjoy or really despise like there's always something to to sort of balance that perspective and I highly encourage all of you to notice who you are know yourself and and try to leverage the good parts of yourself and be aware of how those might be negative and vice versa with your negative aspects it can be a good exercise in self-care to look at your negative aspects or things that you don't like about yourself and sort of force yourself to find where those might be powerful or strong for example if you are somebody who leans towards fawning and acquiescence you might hate that about yourself you might say like why am i 
not caring about myself. There's this part of you when you don't care about yourself that's very like loving and accepting of other people. So how can we balance it and look at someone of a fight type and say, okay, this person likes to attack and set boundaries and have courage. Like this is something that I can learn from, right? Or if you're a flight type, you're really uh, disengaged, but you're also very productive. So if you're like, gosh, why am I so numb? It's like, yeah, you're numb when it comes to these emotional things, but you're able to be very um, productive and, and get things done. And so the it's sort of just knowing yourself and accepting yourself, which I know sounds so cheesy, but there's a lot of um, joy and acceptance and power that comes from knowing who you are and balancing the perspective of yourself with the good and the bad and knowing what you're looking at and looking at other people and saying like, oh, maybe I'm such a flight type. I'm very productive and I do like that about myself, but how can that be dangerous to me? Um, Maybe I'm not pausing and, and being mindfulness is my mind not at peace am i not at rest it's it's in knowing yourself and knowing the good and the and the i hate to call them uh bad let's call them positive and negative aspects or the, the void and the vast um expanse of of all these different aspects of who you are this is just through one lens we're looking at the the four trauma types but you can sort of take this perspective or this map and and look at many aspects of yourself, whether they're your personality traits, extroversion, introversion, whether they're just, um, it doesn't have to be so cognitive. It could be something like, oh, I always show up for people and they're never there for me. So if if that's your thought process, how can we sort of um, pull that apart and say, I'm always there for people. That means that I'm somebody who cares about others. I'm empathetic. And then take the rest of our sentence or our story to ourselves. But they're never there for me. And and sort of look at, but they're never there for me. And, and parts apart, are they ever there for me? Do I give them space to be there for me? And what parts you can control? This is not a tool to sort of blame other people. This is a tool to ask yourself, what do I control? How do I have onus over something? And what are the aspects of this? And how might I be sort of creating my reality to be in this way? I hope that this has been informative. I hope that you took it lightly and that you learned a little something new today. I forgot to mention, we renamed the podcast Mindful Mastery. We still are using our old intro, which is just fantastic. And stick with me. It's going to be fantastic 2022. And I'm really excited to grow, learn, and be on the pursuit of mastery with all of you. Wishing you a very happy January. And I will talk at you later. Till next time.